that's cool because like my daughter was like mom you're doing country but see your kids are like cool so yeah they think we're they think it's good we're like cool that was one thing Ari said be cool at almost 37 hey I don't know can you uh, Ari said it was less country this week and I said yeah oh, Nick, hey. it was probably Nick interesting Nick hmm. probably did something with it I don't know if it's less country I don't or like country but I like that song so it can't be that country <laughs> I am uh, I am so excited to be here uh, with two wonderful ladies from from Outward Church this is uh, this is super exciting your husband preached yesterday welcome Michelle to <laughs> he the podcast uh, and he's he's amazing. I mean, you've probably known this for a long time, but I I just have so much respect for Ryan. Uh, he's he's got such a great, he's so organized uh, and 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 just <laughs> thoughtful. And I mean, I felt like he was reading from a book that he had written. I so. told him he didn't say um. He's amazing. And I was like, how is that possible? That's why he said he likes to preach because he's ready for it. <laughs> He's, um, he's ready. Someone, um, one of our friends asked me, she's like, do you think he'd want to preach all the time? And he was like, it's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, this one, and you could probably speak to this about like what it was like for him at home. Uh, challenging message, right? I mean, like uh, basically the very first uh, words he said as he gets up on stage is this Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote that says, uh, Jesus bids that a man come and die. Like Jesus is asking people to come and die. And and the the topic of conversation is you need to love you need to hate your your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your kids, your wife. Uh, okay, ready go preach. Uh, and by the way, Jesus is still good. Uh, I don't know. Was it a, was it a, do you think it was a stretch uh, for him? I mean, he he handled it so well. I don't know. I don't think I saw, I mean, mostly he was like off working. So I don't really, I wasn't a part of the big prep other than hopefully giving him a little more time to focus. But um, I was teasing him after the sermon, like first service when he did it, because he's like, and the best part is you get to die. And I was like, you got to tell him why that's good, babe. Like, (laughs) why is it good? I think we put second service on the, on if anyone's going to listen back. But it was like, I mean, that's just not something that sounds super exciting. Like, Join us. Come die. Yeah. So let's let's jump in. Let's uh, let's start applying this. Uh, let's let's first like acknowledge like this is this is tough. Not just to preach this message, but to hear this message. Okay. We were all here. Uh, let's let's start uh, let's start working our way through this. Liz, what what really stood out to you? I think. Well, first of all, I feel that's one of those um, verses that gets really taken out of context. So I think that's like what I appreciate being at a church that tackles everything they don't avoid. We like aren't avoiding the hard passages. And do you mean, do you mean we're not actually supposed to hate our no. mom and dad? Like that's not okay. No. And okay. I think that that I, I love that. I love that about our church. I love that about everyone who teaches um, just taking something that was hard. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the application of it is like maybe less hard, but I think just realizing that that's not where obviously Jesus would never call us to hate. Um, he just calls us to love him more. And so I think that that, that was really important that that's kind of how it started was just, um, I think he just asked us like who our number one is and can you honestly say it's him? It's Jesus. We're not going to pick and choose. Jesus said these words. We're going to pay attention to them. They have value and meaning and purpose for our lives. He also said everything else. So All of what he came and showed us and told us and taught us is, uh, it it, it all sits with equal weight. And we're going to, we're going to apply all of it. Yeah, I love that. 
because I think I've always struggled with this and like, gosh, can I really do this? And Ryan pointed out when he was talking about how if you look at the Bible, like it's very clear the high priority Jesus gives to sp the spouse relationship and how we care for our children and the sacrificial, right? So it's not like he's saying, okay, like we hate them. They're not important. I think that was a good thing to make note of. Okay, so if we could boil this down, what we don't get to just say, oh, that's not what Jesus meant, right? Mm -hmm. But if we're going to take all of, all of Scripture then and we're going to put it into context the way that you said, like, what, what then is Jesus saying? And I think this was the entirety of, of the sermon. You touched on it, Liz. Either one of you guys want to, let's try and like just summarize, like what is the, the message or takeaway? What is Jesus trying to teach? And he, and he does, he, he reinforces it with the, with the, uh, with the parables that he, that he tells right after this. But You're looking at me? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, what is he saying? He's saying, love me, right? But the, the context, I think, isn't that he's saying, love me because I'm the best and everyone should just do what I say in this like dictator type role, but it's, it's because he loves us so much. And he's saying, I love you so much that I want you to want me and I want you to be with me because that's going to be the best possible thing for you. And, you know, as we're all parents, like we we want to be with our kids and we want our kids to want to be with us. And it's as mine are getting older, I'm like, oh no, like someday am I not going to be like, you know, like right now my five-year-old follows me around everywhere I go. Like you have to lock the bathroom door if you want to go in there alone, right? Like maybe I shouldn't say that on here, but like it's I, that love is what God's wanting from us. Yeah, and Ryan, Ryan even brought up that, that verse that uh, the same Jesus says, come to me, all you who are heavy laden. Uh, and, and, and for my, my, my uh, burden is light, my yoke is easy, uh, I will give you rest. This is the same Jesus, but here he is demanding that you give up all. So he's saying, like, that's, that's following me, the easier version of your life is giving all of that up. But that feels hard for us. Giving up. That's, people hear the word give up. Oh, I can't do that. I can't. And I think that I love, he talked about like relationships being important and that those are all still important relationships. But when it boils down to it, um, it's, it, no one likes hearing the question like what loss will cut you the deepest? And it is those like relationships which are gifts from God and we are meant to sacrifice for them and love them and care for them, but not at the cost of it being more than Jesus. Um, I think I've, I've been there before and I've realized that and it doesn't feel good to think um, it's a sin for me to love my kids more than I love Jesus. But I think that on the flip side, like you said, that is where the rest comes from when I realize that actually um, Jesus loves my kids more than I could ever even fathom. And I take so much comfort in that he does know what's best for them and that like the giving up the control and the, um, you know, holding it so close to me is meant to give me rest even in giving it up. It doesn't make sense to the world. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Did you have? Oh, I just, I think there's so much I don't know if it's about this topic, but there's so much rest in that too. Like, I think that's why he says to be my disciple, to be mine, you have to say that I'm first and then, you know, that we trust him with the things that matter to us. Not saying we even hate those things, but we say, okay, I know you love them more than I do. And so because of that, I trust you with that. And it's just, it's a place of rest for me.
That's so good. And, and I think it is a mindset, isn't it? Like, like Jesus is saying, like, you don't actually have to go and end your relationship with every, everybody that you love. Because the same Jesus says, now go and, and, and love one another. All of these commands to love and care for one another. And look at the way that Jesus loved his mother and, and, his, and his, his friends that he's serving alongside of. Look at the way that Jesus weeped at the death of his friend Lazarus. I mean, like, Jesus obviously cared about these relationships, but he's preparing them with a mindset, a mindset that says, I'm going to place the highest value on God's calling in my life, and com- in, in comparison, what I'm holding on to might, might look like hatred to the world, but it's, it's ultimately love for God and that highest priority. Um, One of the things that stuck out to me yesterday was um, talking about purpose, like Ryan was saying, when Jesus carried his cross to die, you know, for us to take our atonement. He um, was fulfilling the purpose that God had set apart for him him. and for us when we say, okay, so I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow in this way. It's how we fulfill the purposes that he has for us, which I think we can make a lot of like mini purposes that we think are the important things, right? But ultimately it's not going to be worth it if it's not what God has called us to. Like not seeking our own purpose, but I think that's what comes in giving it up. You say, okay, Jesus, here's everything I have, like, do, you know, do your will with everything that I have. And sometimes it means taking those things away that you have. And sometimes it means like using you. And I mean, I think we talked about this earlier in ways that you never would have seen. Um, but that, you know, that's, that's what he has for you. It's not the little, the little plans or the little purposes that you have laid out for your life. And you can look at your life and think, wow, this is not the way I would have done it. But that's because it's, what he has for you. And once you deny those things, that's where you're at. (laughs) So Jesus says, count the cost. If you're building a building, you wouldn't start building that building without counting the cost. What is it actually going to cost? And he's saying, before you, before you follow me, consider what the cost would be. And, and I'm just kind of thinking in context, the people that he's teaching. Jesus is, is about to be crucified. He's about to leave his disciples. He's preparing his disciples to continue his mission. Okay, so then Luke, the same author of Luke, is the author of Acts. And you have the church then being sent out. Almost like he's radicalizing, really. He's really radicalizing his disciples and he's preparing them for for some of us following Jesus is going to be costly for the people that he's talking to would ultimately cost them their lives and some of their very relationships so that will be our experience sometimes where we will have a choice am I going to serve Jesus or am I going to fear the consequence of this relationship this earthly relationship over one that's eternal uh but that isn't, that isn't necessarily a guarantee, but he is preparing all of us with that mindset that this may, this may cost you something. And ultimately, I, I love, I, I hope it's okay that I bring this up. It, it, Bible recap, I think you guys are, are going through that too. Recently, it was, um, I think, Deuteronomy 11, uh, where God is just saying over and over, um, I, I want you to love me. You will love the Lord. I want you to love the Lord. You can see throughout the Old Testament, God's command has always been, it isn't just when Jesus came, it has always been, God says, I want you to love me. Uh, and that's not a that's not a burdensome demand. It's a freeing demand. Uh, and, and ultimately, the heart behind everything that he asks us to do. Yeah, like, it's, his yoke is easy, right? What I can't think of the verse now, but, like, his burden is light, his yoke is easy. And it's, 
this is like, yeah, I just think we can so often look at this like he is demanding this and he's saying, yes, I'm demanding it because I want to give you all of the good that I have in store for you. And I mean, I think a lot of times it's, we can get in this mindset. Okay, so like if I do everything Jesus says, then like my life's going to be great and it's going to be easy and it's not always the case, right? Like it might be rough, but the the blessings that he has because of his presence for us is... And, and sorry to, to, to jump in again here. I, I just got this image. Um, it's like, okay, so when, when Jesus is saying, I want you to give up whatever you're holding on to, okay? It's, it's not a give up like you carry the things that you have and you're like, you're thinking about it and you, you kind of push them off the edge. It's more like these things are all on your back. You're carrying all of these things. It's weighing you down. You don't even necessarily realize how much you're carrying. And when he's saying give it up, it's let go as in get it off of your back. Stop carrying it. Uh, and that's that freeing, light, and easy, like, oh, I don't have to worry about these things. I don't have to care about these things. Following Jesus really is, like, freedom. Um, I don't know. Sorry, that's maybe a different direction. No, I, well, and Ryan talked about that yesterday. He said those things that if, like, when Jesus knows that we haven't given them all, and then when those hard times come, like, that's when, like, we start to fall away. And so I think like saying that it's easy, it doesn't always feel easy to let the control of those things go. But I think that you can have both. Like we talked about this this morning too already. Like you can trust, you can trust God and know that his plans are the best for you. And you can also grieve the loss of things and struggle with giving up the control. You, It's not one or the other it's both and and that is why his um yoke is so easy because he gives us rest in that not after we've done it like all the way through start to finish it's not once you're finally done with that then i got you no he's already there in it another verse that comes to mind uh is seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added to you right so it's it's this number one focus so we can i believe have our hands open and receive all of the blessings that god has for us our 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 husband our wife our children these relationships our possessions the blessing uh that that god gives us uh like we can and, and when we hold them with an open hand, and sometimes they may fall out or come out of our hand, when we're seeking the kingdom first, um, th- like that's okay. We continue to have our hand open and God continues to either, either pour in or remove from uh, that open hand. And we're, when we're seeking his kingdom with that eternal mindset, um, like it, it, it's uh, maybe... It, it, it helps us in those times uh, with that mindset or that perspective. When you said there's freedom, right? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom in that. And I think I like to be really good at things and I like to do things well. And so then I like can put that in the, like the place of caring for my children and their health and their safety. It's like when I'm trying to like keep them safe and make sure they follow Jesus and make sure that's so burdensome. Like that I feel like actually is more costly if I'm honest about it, but it, it feels like, no, no, I'm going to be the one like keeping all these balls in the air. And really like there's, it's a sweet blessing when I can say, okay, I love that. The open hand, like I love these things. They're in my hand. They're precious to me, but I'm also going to trust that you're the one 
who is caring for them. Because it's really an illusion of control, yeah. which I struggle with. And I don't like to say out loud, but it really is. All the things I think I'm in control of, I'm not actually. <laughs> but we like to think that we are, and that's when we're tight-fisted. Yeah, and not to camp on that. I, I remember actually doing this illustration for the kids uh, where I was like pouring Skittles into their hands, like when I was teaching in the in the kids' class or whatever. I was pouring Skittles in their hands. And then I said, watch what happens when I, like if I, and I keep pouring in your hand. Watch what happens when you close your hand. I can't get any more Skittles in there. Right. I love Skittles and I love that. Yeah. So like, so like if, if, if we do ever love something so much that we close our hand around it, like you can actually, you might try to hold on to the blessings you have, but you also don't get any more. Right. You're also going to get all sticky and messy. Like Skittles are the worst. It goes bad. (laughs) Seriously. But when you keep your hand open, it overflows and there's some on the floor that you can share with your friends. So that's really great. Floor food. Uh, (laughs) So let, let's, let's maybe try to make this personal, okay? Uh, the fact of the matter is we do love our lives. There are things in our lives that we love. There are relationships that we cherish and that we treasure. All of us have experienced loss on some level, and Jesus knows exactly what that feels like. But we want to, we want to apply. So let's, let's take the ministry of the word and say, how do we practically... Does it, does it always take loss? Do we have to lose in order for God to teach us to love him more? Or can we learn to open our hand and, and learn to love God more and love his blessings less, place more of a focus on eternity and not just the mere blip that is this life? And if so, how do we do that? I mean, we were talking before, I think we started, but you asked like, can- can we talk about your brother? Like a couple, what year? We're 2021, so 2018. My brother died from cancer, and he was, you know, my best friend, but also 10 years younger, and so just very like precious to me. And um, I think before that time, before he went through all that, I would have thought like, oh yeah, I love Jesus the most. Like he's my number one. And I think it was genuine, not like it was a false sense of how much I loved God. I really did. Like I. When I was younger, before I met Ryan, I had this desire to marry a pastor so that I would have the chance to serve Jesus with my life, right? Like, that was a real thing. But when that was challenged, when one of my number twos um, was sick and I lost my brother, I realized I didn't love him more. And, like, I think that I'm so glad it happened at a point where I think I was, I did have a firm foundation in my faith. But it was a, a hard thing to realize, like, wow, I'm actually not thrilled with what you did here, God. I'm not glad you took him home. Thank, you know, I'm so thankful that he knew the Lord and he is experiencing eternity, but I was not happy with that. And for me, um, I think I've always felt like I had to strive to love Jesus more. And like my faith was something that I was honestly, I think, good at doing. Um, and at that point, when I didn't feel, um, I think that feeling of love for God, I realized it was actually a time where I had to kind of just sit and be in my faith and allow God to be the one to carry me through. And like when I didn't feel super faithful, he was, you know, when I, my faith was, uh, there's a verse that says when I was faithless, he was faithful because that's his character. And I think for me, it's almost a little bit backwards where my um, loving God is actually allowing him to love me. And through that, I've experienced just such a sweet blessing. And I I think the question was, what, like, how do we put this into practice? I think it's just realizing that I can't be good enough to love God, but I can allow him to love me and then say, okay, I trust you now to be the one 
caring for the people precious to me. And that's so beautiful because you've you've let so many people walk through that with you um, and see like the moment you were confronted, as you said, like I maybe didn't love Jesus as much as uh, I had loved these relationships. And that's true because of the, the bitterness and the anger that I feel. Um, but to see God meet you in that place and minister to you and watch the way that you minister and comfort others uh, from that has been incredible. So sometimes, yeah, it is, it is the loss. And, it, oh, man, we start touching into that, that, that verse in James that suffering is, is what grows us and we can consider that joy. But, man, when we're in it, it, it doesn't feel that way. It no. doesn't feel that way. Not in it. But, man, the, like, the after when I... You know, I, I feel like I had to kind of, I had to be disciplined in choosing to stay in community and um, continuing to worship, continuing to read and pray, even when I wasn't feeling it. But the blessing of the after, like I know you've experienced a lot of this in your life too, both of you actually, but it's so sweet to now understand what it is, I don't know, for that burden to be lifted, right? It's God is the one that is loving me into relationship with him versus me having to like love my way and strong enough. He said that yesterday, sorry to interrupt, that like God doesn't want our good works without our transformed heart. And I think that our natural inclination is, okay, so then how should I transform my heart so that my good works matter? And like, nope, sorry. Like he gets to transform our hearts so that like the rest of it flows out. I think it's not something like it wasn't you that was going to transform your heart through that. It was him, um, which feels like the hardest thing because it's just another thing that we can't do, but that's meant to be a comfort that he will do that for us. Like he is faithful. Like, <laughs> the one who is like he is faithful and he will do it that go back to like the want to want to want Jesus like that that's a prayer that he will answer and these are prayers that he's like that he will answer and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily come easily but it is beautiful and I don't know, I'm thankful so suffering <laughs> and loss certainly grows our faith we've all experienced that but but can can we can we grow in this without experiencing that suffering and loss. And I think, I think you had, you were, you were touching on that. Like there, there is a daily practice to that too, isn't there? Like a, like a, you can wake up in the morning and, and say, I don't, how, how would you, what would be a daily practice of examining uh, and growing in your love for Jesus? I don't remember what we were talking about, but I just, I think that it, it does, you know, and then you kind of touch on like the, the free will, like, are you really choosing it? But I think that it is a choice to wake up and say, today I'm going to leave it. I'm going to, I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to, like he used this yesterday, I count everything as loss in the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. And I think that that's just the truth. And it, it feels hard in the things that you look at that, that you give up. Um, but when you know that, it is like above and beyond surpassing to just know him, um, that it is a choice when you wake up and you say, I'm going to choose him over my comforts or my, you know, other relationships. I don't remember what else we were saying. Well, and like one of the things, both of you did this and then it inspired me to do it, but the, this is like a plug for the Bible recap. Um, I watched friends like you guys go through it the year before I did it. And, um, I saw such transformation and, and saw even within our church leaders rising up who were people who had maybe never even read through the Bible before I don't, or owned one, one. <laughs> or owned one. Okay. Like that's so cool. Um, so like when I was in that place of not feeling love for God, I like started the Bible recap. And I think that discipline of reading my Bible every day was where God was then able to come in and transform my heart 
and I didn't even notice it, but like my husband noticed it. He was like, you're different. And I think just that the disciplines of like walking through the steps of our faith give God then the opportunity to speak to us when we pray to him, when we're worshiping him, when we're in the word. It's like the idea of Zacchaeus. I think this is how the like children's Bible talks about it, that like you put yourself in the way of Jesus, right? Like you put yourself there. Like he got up in that tree, like waiting. And like, that's what we get to do every day. We put ourselves in place with our open hand and say, okay, Jesus, like, let's do this, whatever, whatever it looks like. And maybe it looks like those quiet, faithful steps that you're making. And maybe it looks like him using you, or maybe it just looks like how he's transforming your heart through whatever it is that you're going through. But we just get to be along for the ride. In the counseling ministry, we use recognize, repent, and replace. So there is an everyday recognition, oh, there's a way there's something I'm loving more. Uh, repent. Jesus, I'm sorry. I love this thing more than I love you. That's just the honest truth. Mm-hmm. Replace with, but God, the surpassing worth of knowing you uh, and, and just what you have for me, uh, waiting in eternity. You replaced it, right? So recognize, repent, replace. Um, it is such an honor. I wish we had another like 30 I think we minutes could keep going. <laughs> to talk. Should we just keep going like another uh, another 45 minutes? People would definitely keep listening, right? Everyone wants to listen to us. <laughs> they have nothing better to do. <laughs> Maybe I should just get out of the way. You guys, uh, you guys I do like talking to Liz. We can, we can talk a long time. We're good at that. It's fantastic.